Okay, let me try to get this centered better. There we go. How's things in Kansas? Is it hot there? <clears throat> oh, it ain't been too bad the last couple of days, but I hear this weekend is going to be hot again. Yeah, man, it's been miserable hot here, and that hurricane uh, didn't seem to be as bad as they thought it might be, thank God. Well, you know, hurricanes and all weather, you never know how bad it's going to be till it's gone. Okay, living in Kansas, you know, my thought of Kansas, I've been there, I think, twice, but I've never, I, I mean, I, do you know where, um, I think I've been, Independence, Kansas is, you ever heard of that? Yeah. I've been there. That's the extent of my travels to Kansas. I've never been to Independence that I can think of, but I may have driven past it. I think it's kind of east of Wichita. Way down south. Oklahoma. Yeah. I went to school out in Oklahoma. I don't know if I told you that. Yeah. Hey, Jordan. That's where you went to seminary. Yeah, I'd love to get Jordan on here. She's hiding from me, I guess, you know. So is Claire. I, as a matter of fact, Claire's texting me right now about UFOs. And I'm oh, really Claire. I mean, she's got more excuses than a politician about you know why she can't be on here. You know, she got you know, she's got a son named Ralph. Jordan, you can come on. Jordan, you've got my number. And you text me anytime you want to get on. Just give me a few minutes to get my wig on and sober up. You can be on anytime. But what I want to do, Eric, is I wanted to talk about the dedicate a little bit. My question to start the show off is, and, and the name of this show is, why do Protestants run like hell from church history, from church writings? and to them, church history is the Book of Acts and then the Reformation. But what they don't realize is for hundreds of years, from the time of, of uh, when Jesus first left, for hundreds of years, the, the very disciples of the apostles wrote extensively volumes of theology and church history. Why? Do they run from that? It depends on who they are. For example, my brother-in-law's family is Lutheran. And I think they look at some of the... Sorry, I'm thinking right now. They look at some of the early church writings but they pick and choose that too. And like the, the pastor at the local Lutheran church, they bring up, for example, the book of Tobit every now and then, but they don't have it in their Bible, but they still may use it to teach. Did you but, know Tobit was in the Dead Scrolls? He was what? Tobit was in the Dead Sea Scrolls. When they found the Dead Sea Scrolls and the was it? were jumping up and down that it verified the Bible, well, Catholic stuff was in the Dead Sea Scrolls, but they still 
still reject it. Yeah. And about your Lutheran. Being in the debt with the Dead Sea Scrolls does not in itself make it a fact that it's divinely inspired. Yeah, because most of the Dead Sea Scrolls stuff was wasn't what we call scripture. Yeah. So that's where you have to use your brain. And I honestly, you know, like I like I said yesterday, I'm not a scholar or a theologian. I just I think a lot. And that what and, a scholar is and a theologian, someone that thinks about God, someone that studies God, studies history. Well, I don't know if you, if I would say that I study. <laughs> sometimes I do research, sometimes I just wing it. Sometimes you know, it takes years cuz I mean I'm 57. And you just, I got, huh? You're only 57. Yeah. Damn. I thought you were like 70. Hey, let, let me ask you something real quick while I got the screen up. What is, I couldn't even pronounce it for years and I probably still am not pronouncing it correctly. The Didache. Didache. That's correct. D-I-D-A-C-H-E. I used to pronounce it Didash. <laughs> yeah. Like Jordash James. You remember those? Yeah. Okay. My mom printed off the Didache about 20 years ago for us kids. Your mama did? Yeah. What's your mother? Because my mom, my mom was very devout and very, she was like a detective. What's your mama's name? Rita. Rita? How do you spell that? R-I-T-A. Rita, like St. Rita that had the piece of the cross sticking in her head? I guess. We are dedicating this episode to your mother, St. Rita. (laughs) Ask for her intercession in both me and your life right now, and she helped form your faith. So we're dedicating this to your mom, Miss Rita, the Didache. So go ahead and tell us about the Didache. Then we're going to read it. The Didache? Huh? Then we're going to read it. Then you're going to read it? Yeah. You're going to read the whole thing? It ain't that long. The Didache is basically the first um I had a word just jump out of my head. The first catechism. Yeah. That's the, that's the summary. It's what? how the early church did Catholicism. Was it, is the Didache older than the Apostles' Creed? And is it older than the Nicene Creed? It's definitely older than the Nicene Creed because the Didache, according to experts and scholars it was written sometime around 70 to 90 AD okay and I've heard and we don't know for sure but the the general thought is that the apostles got together and wrote it I don't know 
But let me say this about the timeline. When something is finally being written, that means it's been in someone's mind prior to the time it was written. So it's like a so a church what one it kind of like a, a protocol or an SOP. Well, yeah, I guess you could say it that way. A constitution of sorts. Uh I don't know if I would go that far. But it's definitely how to a how to. Let me read it. Let me read a comment and then you opine on it. Okay. So um, the Didache or the Didache, Didache, whatever you want to say. Let's say Didache. The Lord's teaching through the 12 apostles to the nations. That's how it's entitled. Anyone can Google this stuff. I not, I'm not pulling it out of my rear end. One night, yeah. one night when I was working security, not only did I work security for Oral Roberts, the faith healer, I worked for Oral Roberts. I also worked for EWTN. And EWTN, you got a security office, which I was assigned to. And upstairs, there's a theology center. And there's a guy named Noah. He, I think he was a Lutheran minister. You've probably seen him on Coming Home and all those TV shows. I see him at the grocery store all the time. He, he lives around me. I got some EWT executives two doors down and catty corner for me and down the street. Okay? So... I pastored them with questions. But one night about three in the morning, I went up to the theology library. Do you know why I went up there, Harry? You'll have to tell me. Well, number one, I was supposed to. I had to make rounds. Number two, I had the key. Number three, I was nosy as hell. And when I worked for Oral Roberts, I had also access to all his stuff. And both Oral Roberts, Kenneth Hagan, and EWTN had all the volumes of the early church writings right there on campus, all of them. And if you go down to Sanford University or to any Baptist, Methodist, any reputable mainline denominational seminary library, you're going to find the early church fathers. Okay, there's no getting around it. So. I'm going to read the first, I'm going to read chapter one, and adults hate to be read too, but these are small paragraphs, okay? So okay. You, you listen to my beautiful Taylor, Mo Taylor Marshall sounding voice, and you provide commentary, your expert commentary, okay? <laughs> the Lord teaching through the 12 apostles to the nations. Chapter one, the two ways, the first commandment. Okay, there are two ways, one of life and one of death, but a great difference between the two ways. The way of life then is this. First, you shall love God who made you. Left out the evolution part right there. Uh, first, you shall love God who made you. Second, your neighbor as yourself. And all things whatsoever you would should not occur to you, do not also do to another. They call that karma nowadays. 
For what reward is there if you love those who love you? Do not also the Gentiles do the same. But love those that hate you, and you shall not have an enemy. Abstain from fleshly and worldly lust. If someone gives you a blow upon your right cheek, turn to him the other also, and you shall be perfect. If someone impresses you for one mile, go with him too. If someone takes away your cloak, give him also your coat. If you, if someone takes from you what is yours, ask it not back, for indeed you are not able. Give to everyone that asks you, and ask it not back, for the Father wills that it should be given of our own blessing, free gifts. Happy is he who gives according to the commandment, for he is guiltless. Woe to him that receives, for if anyone having need receives, he is guiltless. But he that receives not having need shall pay the penalty while he received for what and what coming into straits confinement he shall be examined concerning the things which he has done. He shall not escape thence until he pays back the last farthing. But also know, but also now concerning this, it has been said, let your arms sweat in your hands until you know to whom you should give. Okay, so a lot of that sounds just like Sermon of the Mount. A lot of it does. This is not the Bible. This is chapter one of the Didache. So what's your thoughts on that? Sounds works-based. Well, it sounds duty-based. I mean, it... It's very much what Jesus had to say. Love your neighbor. Pope, dude. I'm listening. And, you know, yeah, there I go. <laughs> I sound like such a doofus when I go, you know, who's that? Untire of knots. Ah. Who is this? Um, I'm fired. Uh, you're fired. What? You're fired if you can't tell me who that is. Who's this? It's Mary. This. That's this, Jesus. That's my granddaughter's first catechism, and my grandson's first catechism, right here. They got that for their communion. I bought, I bought this at EWTN. You see this here? Yeah. I bought that EWTN. Uh, scratch and didn't sell. Do you see this iconic painting of Jesus Christ? Yeah. This was sent to me from the Ukraine since the war started. Really? Yeah, this comes from the Ukraine. And um, go ahead, Eric. We were talking about the Didache and Jesus. The sermon is works, man. It's doing good works. Well, I would have to agree, but it sounds like Jesus. <clears throat> you know, I mean, they're they're basically <clears throat> repeating what Jesus said: "Love well, your neighbor as yourself." These guys hung around Jesus. We know for three years, which is a long time for 
13 dudes to hang around together all the time. Yeah. Uh, do you believe they ever got into it? Drama? Oh, it, it probably happened, but probably not like, not as bad as we think it could. Why would because Jesus, why would Jesus <laughs> Judas to run the the Vatican Bank all the way back then? I don't know. We don't know because I mean, without Judas, none of the none of the bad and good stuff could have happened. He was we, Eric. The Christian way that Jesus taught was if someone slaps the hell out of you, turn the cheek. You turn the cheek to receive another blow. Now, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't like anything Jesus said <laughs> of the mouth. I don't want to do what Jesus said, but I, this is my opinion. True, true Christianity is doing exactly what Jesus said to do on the Sermon of the Mount, and I don't know anybody that really does that because I don't turn the other cheek. It's I, hard. I slap back. That's why I'm no good. I tend, to, I tend to retaliate in kind myself. Yeah. So, like, if I'm having a conversation with a non-Catholic and they're being a butthead and they're attacking, I find it hard to take it. Yeah. Or, or if they are not thinking they're stuck in their little rigid mindset and they're throwing verses at me without turning their brain on and actually understanding what they're saying for what it actually says, not what they interpret it. Next, I have a problem there. Next time they have a problem with something you said, Catholic, tell them to give you a rebuttal from a non-Catholic source. That might help. Or to use the Bible because that's a Catholic source. Look here. Look at this. It says, um, but also now concerning this, it has been said, let your alms sweat in your hands until you know to whom you should give. Think about that line right there. What does that mean? Your gifts. Alms are gifts, gifts to the poor, right? The poor or the church, orphans so and widows. To let them sweat in your hands until you know to whom you should give. In other words, in other words, don't don't just give to people who are undeserving, but hang on to it and find people who are truly deserving. Let me ask you this: What do you think about those of us that have way, way, way more than enough, but yet we don't help anyone? Well, that's a uh, one of those issues we all have to face. Do you have know we been, is? Have we been selfish? Like when I get on Instagram and I've got all kinds of people following me and they want money left and right. Yeah. One of them was even a Catholic priest. He gets in a direct message and he says, hi, I'm a priest. And then the next day he says, if you want to donate, donate here. And then the next day he says, if you want to donate, donate here. 
And then the next day, if you want to donate, donate here. Well, right now, I don't know where I'm going to come up to, with money to pay my bills. I don't either. Since I, I was in the hospital. Let me tell you something, Eric, real quick. Okay. We got PayPal here on the on the YouTube and podcast now. And I try to put the link there to where someone can tap and donate, you know, a dollar, a million dollars, whatever. There's a girl named Marcy. You've probably seen her comments. M-A-R-C-I, Marcy. I don't know, maybe. Well, you're supposed to be, you know, a moderator reading the comments. So if you don't, she comments every time we're on here. She's a, She's got a... Uh, I I don't always look at the name. Well, I just look at the comments. I, I just look, I, I look at her and I don't know any, anything about, excuse me, I tapped the wrong thing. Hey, Eric Schmidt and JR, but Marcy, Marcy uh, donates money to Catholic for rednecks like every week. Okay. And I'm not trying to embarrass her, but and I don't know much about her, but, you know, I know people that have millions and millions of dollars that watch this show. You know? Really? Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, you said that, you know, that the Catholic priest, these people on Instagram, and I've been to Africa and you're born in Spain. And. Their impression is that everybody in America on Instagram is a Donald Trump that's got money. And um, people do not realize, do you know who Natalie is? Not Natalie. Do you know Vanessa, that one Catholic girl? She's got a YouTube. I've seen her on here. Okay. I, I have followed her on Instagram. Yeah, I upload a lot of her stuff now. I don't mean to embarrass her, but she's been on the podcast, but trying to do a, a video like this with her, you know, um, she's not able to because, you know, it costs money to run an iPhone and to buy equipment and stuff like that. And a lot of these people like um, Vanessa that's putting out content that people feed off of, people are getting converted. They're doing it on their own dime. And yeah. You know, it does help that, like this Marcy girl, her son's name is Daniel. Everybody pray for Daniel. But you know, I just look at her. You know, you know, you you know, it really helps to have some money come in, and you got to. There's a balance between, you, you you know, if you're afraid to ask for money, in the ministry, you're never going to make it. At the same time, you don't want to ask for money. But this stuff is not free. But well, all most of the people that hit me up on Instagram are African countries like Sudan, Bangladesh, Malaysia, Ukraine. I don't even want to touch Ukraine because I yeah. don't know what to believe. Don't say that word because they have already canceled me on YouTube. Oh. Yeah, they YouTube actually sent me a thing telling me to watch my mouth about talking about that certain country. Well, I'm not going to talk bad about it other than I don't know what to believe. Uh, I'll tell you what to believe off air. Okay, chapter two, you got to go, Dennis, so let's, let's move along. 
The second commandment, gross sin forgiven. I guess gross sin would be grave sin, mortal sin. That's what my copy says is grave sin. Okay. And the second commandment of the teaching, you shall not commit murder. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not commit pedirasty. I don't know what that is. Pedestristy. You should not. I've looked it up, but I, I can't remember what it is right now. You should not commit fornication. You should not steal. You shall not practice magic. You should not practice witchcraft. You shall not murder a child by abortion. Nor kill that which is begotten. Wow, that just, you know, all the Democrats took a lick right there. Um, Pederasty is basically gay homosexual. Okay. You shall not covet the things of your neighbor. And that's me. You shall not forsway yourself. I don't know what that means. You shall not bear false witness. That's something Taylor Marshall does constantly. You shall not speak evil. You shall bear no grudge. Uh, I guess that's me. I just said Taylor Marshall. You shall not be double-minded nor double-tongued. For to be double-tongued is a snare of death. Your speech shall not be false nor empty, but fulfilled by deed. You shall not be covetous, nor rapacious, nor hypocrite, that too, nor evil disposed, nor haughty. You shall not take evil counsel against your neighbor. You shall not hate any man. Man, because I hate Joe Biden. But some shall reprove, and concerning some you shall pray, and some you shall love more than your own life. That's pretty intense and pretty hard to follow. It means don't be unnatural. Don't be deceitful. A, a lot of those, I suppose, are works-based. Because... Things you don't do is the same things as things you do. Yeah, because it's not, talking about what you do. Yeah, not doing as works. Well, we're supposed to let our faith lead us, which means if we're a believer, we're going to act a certain way. And by acting a certain way, it means to not act in other ways. You, so they, you they go your, hand in hand. Do you pray the rosary? I do. Every day I have dialysis. Do you know the part that says the Fatima prayer? Oh, my Jesus, forgive us our sins. Lead us. Save us from the fires of hell. Lead all to heaven, heaven, especially those in most need. Do we really believe that when we pray it? I do. That's my. That's one of my all-time favorite prayers. I'm just not used to saying it out loud. How can I pray that prayer every morning on my rosary and turn around and cuss Joe Biden to hell? Because, <laughs> man, I cannot stand that man. I cannot stand him. And I'm doing open confession right now. I'm not in the booth, but the Bible says confess your sins one to another. And I do confess that I have a hate problem with Joe Biden. And, and the, the reason I, I struggle with my feelings towards him is because he professes to be a Catholic. 
yet he promotes the two top sins that the Catholic Church is against, sodomy and killing kids. And he's a, he's a lying murderer, and he's not a Catholic, and I despise everything he stands for. Yet here I am, a rosary. Lead all the, thing, the thing about prayer is it may not be instantaneous. We pray for things that may not happen right away. So we pray the Fatima prayer in the rosary because we know that is the goal. I'm not saying we be happy with where we're at. Like I may, I may be really, really mad at somebody or really, really disagree with somebody or really dislike somebody like Joe Biden. But by praying something like the Fatima prayer, where we're praying for everyone, they are included. And it's hopeful that in time, those words will sink into our hearts and we will actually act on those words. We will be able to follow through. So. Let, let's say let's say you're an early Christian and Rome is coming after you and they've arrested you and put you in jail. How are you supposed to be charitable to those people that want to kill you? How? You're madder than a hatter. Because they beat the crap out of you. They put, they locked you up and they're talking about feeding you to the lions. How can you stand up and say, I love you. I forgive you. How do you, how does somebody do that? And we don't really know until it happens to us. But we pray about it before it happens because we know it's good because Jesus said to do it that way so it's a it's a goal and hopefully when we're truly tested we will follow through the way we're supposed to but we can't stop praying those things and I mean, the same is true for the Our Father and the Hail Mary and the Glory Be. There are things in those prayers that we can't make happen right away. Forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. That's hard, but that's a goal. Hail Mary. Pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. We're hoping she will. Glory be. Forever and ever. Amen. Those are things that we can struggle with. But, and this is one thing, like with Protestants, they say that that's all vain repetition. No, it's not. It is not vain repetition. because. 
we don't say it and not think about what we're saying. When I say the Hail Mary, the first part is from the Bible. Hail Mary full of grace. That's the angel Gabriel talking in the Bible. The last half of the Hail Mary is Holy Mary full of grace. The Lord, or, uh, Your dementia's kicking in. Well, it's I, I had a stroke, so um sorry. That's okay. anyway. The last half, the last half is asking Mary to pray for us. Mm -hmm. And we have to hope that she will. But you know, the glory be. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be. How do we know it's going to be ever shall be? How do we know? Faith? Is that all we have, is faith? That's, that's pretty good. But we're hoping to eventually become saints. We're hoping to actually be like Christ. And so we struggle. We can be mad at, at Joe Biden, but we still have to pray for him. And it takes effort and it takes actions. And you know, there's a lot of Protestants that really love Jesus, but they don't quite understand what Catholicism is about. And if they thought long and hard about it, they'd become Catholic because it's the truth, the fullness of truth. I mean, my neighbors are Lutheran and they're great people. They're actually my brother-in-law's aunt and uncle. But they're great people. But, and they're very kind. So in that regard, we're not too far apart, hopefully. They're better people than I am. But to have a conversation about theology they're going to get some things definitely wrong. Things that deviate from the apostolic fathers, the ancient church writings. Let me uh, interrupt you real quick. Just something just jumped out on me. You know, in chapter three of the Didache, in chapter two, it says gross sins forbidden. People are always wondering, where's the list of mortal sins? It's right there in chapter two, mortal sins. You get to chapter three, it says other sins forbidden with a lower scale of sins right there. And um, let's read that. My child, flee from every evil thing, from every likeness of it. Be not prone to anger, for anger leads the way to murder. Neither jealous nor quarrelsome nor of hot temper, for out of all these murders are endangered. My child, be not a lustful one, for lust leads 
the way of fornication, neither a filthy talker nor of lofty eye, but out of all these adulteries are engendered. My child, be not an observer of omens, since it leads the way to idolatry, neither an enchanter nor an astrologer, nor a purifier, nor be willing to look at these things, for out of all these idolatry is engendered. My child, be not a liar, since a lie leads away to theft, neither money-loving, nor vainglorious, for out of all these thefts are engendered. My child, be not a murmurer, since it leads away to blasphemy, neither self-willed, nor evil-minded, for out of all these things, blasphemies are engendered. Be not, be, but be meek, since the meek shall inherit the earth, be long suffering and pitiful, and guilt, guileless, and gentle and good, and always trembling at the words which you have heard. You shall not exalt yourself, nor give overconfidence to your soul. Your soul shall not be joined with lofty ones, but just and lowly ones shall have its intercourse. The workings that befall you. Receive his good, knowing that apart from God, nothing comes to pass. Woo! Stepping on my toes. A lot of things that we struggle with, huh? Yeah, I mean, they were serious about living a Christian life. And you got to realize that the Didache repeats very similarly the tradition and words of the bible and this was written sometime between 70 and 90 ad yeah a lot of them so, and been written but there's there it is right there in the dedicate there it is right there lust is a hard one and yeah. we live in a very lustful society yeah hey erica we're we're seeing your comments it's just, Erica, when you say something, Eric won't won't be quiet enough for us to answer you. So can you read chapter four? Do you have chapter four, Eric? Yeah. Can you read it? Chapter four, various precepts. My child, remember night and day him who speaks the word of God to you and honor him as you do the Lord. For wherever the lordly rule is uttered, there is the Lord. And seek out day by day the faces of the saints, in order that you may rest upon their words. Do not long for division, but rather bring those who contend to peace. Judge righteously, and do not respect persons in reproving for transgressions. You shall not be undecided whether or not it shall be. Be not a stretcher forth of the hands to receive and a drawer of them back to give. I understand that. If you have anything through your hands, you shall give ransom for your sins. What? Do not hesitate. What? What the heck? Ransom for your sins. Is that an indulgence? It very well could be.
You can keep going. Can't have no dead silence on a podcast. We'll turn you off. Sorry. Do not hesitate to give nor complain when you give, for you shall know who is the good repayer of the hire. Do not turn away from him who is in want. Rather, share all things with your brother and do not say that they are your own. For if you are partakers in that which is immortal, how much more in things which are mortal? Do not remove your hand from your son or daughter. Rather, teach them the fear of God from their youth. Do not enjoin anything in your bitterness upon your bondman or maidservant who hope in the same God, lest ever they shall fear not God who is over both. For he comes not to call according to the outward appearance, but to them whom the Spirit has prepared. And you bondmen shall be subject to your masters as to a type of God in modesty and fear. You shall hate all hypocrisy and everything which is not pleasing to the Lord. Do not in any way forsake the commandments of the Lord, but keep what you have received, neither adding thereto nor taking away therefrom. In the church you shall acknowledge your transgressions, and you shall not come near for your prayer with an evil conscience. This is the way of life. That's confession right there. Some of it? Yeah. That last part, confession. Massa, these are some hard sayings, man. You, you, know, how many, you know what the Protestant's favorite expression is? It's not a religion, it's a relationship. But I see a lot of religion. You know, back about 20 years ago, <clears throat> there was a book called the, was it the Intimate Romance? And it's a Protestant book where you're supposed to work on romancing God and Jesus and being in a relationship. I bought that book and I read it and it was, it was okay. But then I started reading just randomly over the years and wasn't, didn't Augustine say the same thing? So what we have here is Protestants re more recently, they're talking about things that the Catholic Church has already talked about, that we're supposed to be, it was divine romance. That was the name of the book. I still have it around here somewhere. But the Catholic Church has already been up, down, and everywhere, every which way but loose on all this stuff. But if they don't read the, the church fathers, they're not going to pick up on it. Or they're going to go, oh, well, we're going to ignore that because that's Catholic. But you let a, a Protestant pastor say it today, and they're like, oh, yay, we like it now. It's crazy. Can you read chapter five? Sure. 
I'm not trying to get rush you, but I know you got to go to the doctor. And oh, you're fine. I still got an over an hour. I just didn't want you dragging your feet too long. The way of death, and the way of death is this: first of all, it is evil and accursed. Murder, adultery, lust, fornication, theft, idolatries. Magic arts, witchcrafts, rape, false witness, hypocrisy, double-heartedness, deceit, haughtiness, depravity, self-will, greediness, filthy talking, jealousy, overconfidence, loftiness, boastfulness, persecutors of the good, hating truth, loving a lie, not knowing a reward for righteousness not cleaving to good nor to righteous judgment, watching not for that which is good, but for that which is evil, from whom meekness and endurance are far, loving vanities, pursuing revenge, not pitying a poor man, not laboring for the afflicted, not knowing him who made them, murderers of children, destroyers of the handiwork of God, turning away from him who is in want, afflicting him who is distressed, advocates of the rich, lawless judges of the poor, utter sinners, be delivered, children, from all these. Mm. That's a big list of no-nos. Yeah. But it's, and let me tell you, some of those are hard. All of them are hard for me. I hope God has a lot of grace because uh, I, I ain't measuring up. Can you do for I hope God? I hope God has a ton of mercy. I need it. Can you do chapter six and I'll do I'll do seven and eight and we'll finish for today. <clears throat> chapter six against false teachers and food offered to idols. See that no one causes you to err from this way of teaching. Since apart from God, it teaches you. For if you are able to hear the entire yoke of the Lord, you will be perfect. But if you are not able to do this, do what you are able. And concerning food, bear what you are able. But against that which is sacrificed to idols, be exceedingly careful. For it is the service of dead gods. See, that's something I've realized recently is in history, there are all these gods, put that in quotes, there's pagans, there's Wiccans, there's, I don't know, astrology. All of that seems to be weird because we don't hear anything from uh, these supposed dead gods. Do they even exist? Did they ever exist? Are they all make-believe? Now, my college roommate thinks all religion is make-believe. He's agnostic. He's not sure what to believe. But he was raised Catholic. He was an altar boy. But Every time we have a discussion, and I enjoy my discussions with him, 
he he jumps right into well i he agrees with science he believes in science he believes it's worthwhile and truthful and honest but the minute you say something religious he's like oh that's make believe and it it's actually somewhat entertaining because he's so easy to jump to that conclusion is he aware of the lies of science that scientists have lied to us for centuries he's a quite he's quite a brilliant man but i'm not sure he's open to errors of science mm -hmm. um just like protestants aren't open to the errors of protestantism uh catholics i i really believe that we are well aware of the errors of catholicism my goodness they shove it in our face all too often the crusades the inquisition uh judas um peter was they they it's like they lift up paul but they're really quick to trash peter or mary and or mary and Peter gives me so much hope because if I if I'm half as bad as Peter, I got a chance. You know, I can be a saint like he was, but I, he gives me so much hope because I can be a little bit arrogant. I can be a little argumentative. I can be a little condescending. Sometimes I can be a lot of those. But just the fact that Peter was arrogant and haughty and quick to want to fight. Yeah. I mean, that's a goal. Doesn't mean, and that chapter six talks about do what you are able. Yeah. Well, we're trying. I know I'm trying. And Peter is a good role model for what he was and what he ended up. Amen. Let me, um, I'll read chapter seven and then we'll fin finish with that and pick up later. Chapter seven concerning baptism. And concerning baptism, baptize this way, having first said all these things, baptize unto the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit in living water. But if you do not have living water, baptize unto other water. And if you cannot in cold, in warm, but if you have neither, pour out water thrice upon the head. Into the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But before baptism, let the baptizer fast and the baptized and whatever others can, but you shall order the baptized to fast one or two days before. So right. what is what is living water? I've heard it's running water. That's what I've heard. Yeah. So they're they're talking about moving water, not just river water or not just ocean water a baptism or a baptist church is setting water standing water yeah, yeah. that's said running water cha-ching 
Yep, that's a big difference. And, you know, I've had conversations with non-Catholics about, well, no, the Bible never says to pour water out of a vase. Well, that's technically living water. It's running water when you pour it. And what are you supposed to do in the deepest, darkest Africa where there may not be any running water? Think about Pentecost Sunday where Peter converted 3,000. Where did they go to baptize those people? I heard you that can't go to the, fire holes. You can't go to the Dead Sea. I heard they had a fire hose up there in the upper room. Really? And they just kind of shh, like a sprinkler is what I heard. Well, that would be a good solution. Mm -hmm. I don't think I'd necessarily want to take them to the bathhouse. Because <laughs> that's an option, I suppose. But. And, and we don't we don't know what they had. There's a lot of things that we speculate upon. They were archaeologists. Tell that. Do what? They were in a freaking desert where there's a lot of drought, so I'm sure they didn't always have water. You remember it said that John was baptizing at the Jordan for there was water there. Yeah. Which tells me that there's places where there wasn't water in the Jordan. Exactly. Yeah. So but you know. how do you baptize somebody if you don't have, don't live near a lake? There's yeah. places in the United States that don't really have any streams or rivers. Yeah. And especially now, like the Little Arkansas River, here they call it the Arkansas River. I've been but I grew up in Illinois. I grew up in Illinois where we actually said Arkansas. So. I mean, there, the Little Arkansas River is almost dry where it comes near where I live. Mm -hmm. it, it is not a bustling river. It's a, a little dribble compared to what it used to be. And so how are, how are priests supposed to baptize people if they don't have running water? Well, I was talking to Lindsay the other day. She got heated up because I was talking about the Amazon Synod where they don't have wheat. You know, they have the host for the Eucharist. They don't have wheat, and she's still think it's got to be wheat. It's got to be wheat. Well, what the hell do you do for communion when you have no bread or wheat? Well, see, that's just it. At some point, we have to have common sense. We have to adapt and overcome. The, the chaplains in the military, they'll use a jeep, the hood of a jeep to perform mass. There's no altar rails. They may face east. They may not. If they're facing the wrong direction, they may get shot. I mean, at some point, we have to realize that in a perfect world, oh my goodness, civilization is great. 
And we have to realize that what we have today is based on the civilized progress we have today. We have running water. We have the luxury of churches that have been possibly around for two or three or four or 500 years. In the early church, they didn't have that luxury. If we look at the apostles, they were quite often in fear for their lives. They were being hunted by Saint, by, by Paul before he was Paul, so Saul. They were hiding in the catacombs. They were wearing secret emblems to find each other, like the fish, like the cross. Or do it. Yeah, making signs. They do it on their tongue, too. Is that what they're doing? I thought they were making a cross with the thumb and the finger and kissing it. They've also used some of it would make it on their tongue. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, Father, that's what Father Bean said. The original signing of the cross was a secret signal. Yeah. Because the Romans didn't know what the hell it was. Yeah, they just thought, oh, he's got an inch. <laughs> hey, I got to go, man. I got to go. All right. I love you. I'll call you later. Love, love you too, man. We'll Thanks finish. for doing this for my mom. All right, bud. Bye-bye.